Welcome to UC Today with me, David Dungay. I have with me today Scott Riley from Cloud Nexus. How are you doing, Scott? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me on the show. It's great to be here, David. Excellent. Well, Scott, today we're going to be talking about uh, Microsoft Teams and uh, some of the sort of hidden opportunities within that. Uh, we're just out the back of uh, Ignite, which was last week, so there's a bit to talk about around that event as well. Uh, but where should we start? Scott, um, do you want to give us a bit of an introduction to yourself and Cloud Nexus? Oh, sure. So I'm, I'm Scott Riley. I'm the founder of Cloud Nexus. Uh, we are a, a little boutique consultancy who specialize in Microsoft 365 and Azure products, uh, projects even. Um, we predominantly work with other partners, so you know the, the big VARs or the MSPs, and actually support them in their projects. So whenever they need a bit of overflow or something that's just a bit of niche and a bit specialist, that's where we come in. So we get to play a lot with you know with Microsoft 365 and see an awful lot of, of customers and awful lot of partners. Excellent. So um, Scott, I'm I'm really excited to talk to you today, actually, especially because of that MSP partner sort of focus you have as a business. Um, perhaps you can give us a bit of insight. You know, how are um, the partner community viewing uh, Microsoft Teams and that opportunity at, at the moment today? Well, that's a really interesting question because I think you get two very distinct types of partners. You get those IT partners who are coming at it from the cloud native Office 365 side of things. And then you'll get your you know, traditional VoIP lines and minutes and, and maybe even MPLS type partners who are coming at it from the connectivity and infrastructure side. And they're, they're seeing it from very different angles, I think. Um, what's becoming really clear, though, to me is that wh wherever you fall in that, Teams is is seen as a, as a fantastic opportunity. You know, we've already seen like last quarter the numbers were 115 million daily active users. It's everywhere. You know, it's absolutely massive. And more and more, you, you mentioned Ignite there. There's more and more investment going in. There's more, you know, ecosystem that's growing around Teams day on day. And what I think is that the partners are coming at it in a couple of different ways. You know, one side will come at it and say, great, how do we drive the most out of that Office 365 subscription? Teams is an important part of that. So what do we do? And the other guys are coming at it going, right, Teams could be a threat, you know, when it comes to lines and minutes and voice. So how do we have a Teams offering? How do we bring something into our portfolio that rivals Teams? And I'll be really honest with you, most of the time when I see that, the, the initial answer is, well, I want Teams, but I want it to use my phone system. So I'll, I'll compete against you know, the built-in Microsoft calling plans. And I totally understand that because you know, once you get beyond a handful of users, the price points are, are astronomical. Um, so the partners are going in going, hey, I can do a better price point. I can do bundled minutes and lines and all that kind of great stuff. But I can bring in some of my specialist stuff, my contact center or my call recording, my combined call recording. I can bolt these things into Teams. Teams doesn't do that out of the box, so I've got some special source I can add. That's all cool. Um, the guys on the other side coming at it from the IT side, they are generally going out and finding a wholesale partner. So someone who can add the direct routing, the call recording, the contact center. So everyone's kind of grabbing onto Teams doing voice, which I think is is makes perfect sense. Um, I maybe <laughs> think it's not the full story that they're going for, but it's a good start. Okay. Well, you, you mentioned Ignite there. I mean, let's, let, let's talk about it now. Um, so, you know, there's a raft of announcements uh, just, just last week, uh, a big one, Operator Connect. Uh, you know, for those partners, as you mentioned, who are looking for ways to sort of combat uh, teams or, uh, you know, ensure that their phone system is 
the phone system uh, used with it. You know, what what, what does Operator Connect? What's that going to mean for the partner community? Well, yeah, this this is really interesting, and I feel like it's going to ruffle some feathers at, at some levels. So, essentially, Operator Connect is is Microsoft giving customers the choice when they go into the Microsoft portal of a select number of partners that they can go and buy direct routing from straight away. So it's already integrated into the portal. So your choices have just become, you can buy the, the calling plans from Microsoft, or you can buy from one of our directly connected partners. Now, oof, that's, that's a challenge, right? Because if you're a UK wholesaler or, or Disty or, or just a VoIP provider, who isn't in that list? Oh, all right. You've already got you've already got a challenge fighting against Microsoft, and you're saying, "Hey, don't worry, because I've got better lines and minutes. I've got better pricing. I've got call recording, contact center, super." But now you've got this select tier of partners that are in Operator Connect, where Microsoft are almost saying, "Look, these are the guys we partner with. Why don't you pick from one of these?" Um, and we're yet to see what that's going to look like in the portal. I mean, is it literally just going to be a shopping list of, of partners and price rates and, hey, go and you know, take some services from these guys? Really interesting. But what I, it sort of signals to me is that Microsoft have you know, maybe recognized that actually providing voice services directly to end users is difficult. And, and they are a partner-run you know, organization. They always say, our customers are best served by our partners. This seems to me like they might be backing out of doing those calling plans and actually letting partners take over and take the reins directly integrated into the portal. So if I'm a wholesaler in, in the UK, I think I want to get myself on the Operator Connect list um, and I want to get in, get listed and get my you know contact center and call recording listed in there as well, because that's going to make it really easy to have that conversation with the customer. Well, yeah, I, those wholesalers, uh, you know, that's that's already happening. If if my inbox is anything to go by last week, uh, <laughs> people are already looking to see, well, how do they get on that list? Obviously, it's a, just a select uh, few at the moment. I don't know if they've given, given any indication of how quickly they're looking to expand uh, that list of providers or not. Um, but, yeah, certainly everyone's going to want to be on there. Yeah, and you can imagine, I mean, there's, there's no timescales that I've seen in that announcement that say when new people will be added. It has said, they have said it is possible for new people to be added. And you can imagine a certification process like we've seen with people getting their SBC certified to work with teams, handsets, you know, there'll be a certification track that you have to go through to make sure your service fits the grade and then you can get approved. But I'd imagine that's a long process to get through. You know, we're yeah. talking six months would be my estimation to go through that process and get accredited. But there's no timescales on there as yet. But I would definitely be poking the Microsoft account manager, poking your connections at Microsoft saying, hey, how do we how do we get in on this list? I don't think it's an immediate threat, right? I just think it's the start of a journey that becomes threatening to, to wholesalers and, and VARs in the UK because it shows the direction of travel, right? It shows which way Microsoft are leaning with this and they want it all in the portal. They want this simple experience. Today, you're still going to have that same conversation with the customer, which is, look, Microsoft calling plans are really expensive. Yes, they've got some other ones built into the portal now, but actually you need this. You have this special requirement. You need someone that's you know there and understands your business. I can still have a value conversation that wraps all that together and, and ultimately, you know, if we're competing against lines and minutes on price, we're not adding that value. So I think there's still there's still a great conversation that everyone can have that brings it to their direct routing platform rather than ticking one of the ones in the portal. 
Well, I, 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 yeah, I think that's important to understand um, because there was a certain amount of tension uh, last week when that was announced. You know, wh what does this mean? Uh, you know, for for those various businesses in in the in the chain, but it, I I feel that it's still going to be a significant opportunity for channel partners, particularly, um, to get involved. So that's great. Um, so Scott, um, on on partners, you know, where else in the Microsoft portfolio in around Teams, you know, where, where are partners sort of missing out, if you like? Where where are they missing uh, value right right now? Yeah, that this this is this is the crux of it for me because I think. You know, lines of minutes and line, is lines of minutes, and, and we've all you know seen businesses just try and trade on what was called mucky minutes, if we still call it that. That's not where the value is, right? So when I look at Teams, I don't look at Teams as the replacement for Skype for Business, as the Microsoft phone system. It is so much more than that. And I think when you come at it from that voice side of things, that's what you see. And you see a voice platform, you need call recording, contact center, wallboards, and your your call center, all that kind of good stuff. Okay, yes, it does calls. It happens to be a really nice front end for what is the Skype for Business backend system. Okay, fancy new codecs, all right. But on the other side, when you come at it from the IT provider, they're coming in and they're going, okay, cool, I'm going to do your identity in Azure AD, I'm going to do your emails and your Office 365 desktop apps, and maybe I'll put your files into SharePoint. And, that, and that's probably as far as they go. Okay, there's a huge gap in the middle here, which is looking at security. Now, security can sometimes be scary for both of those guys because none of those sets of partners want to turn around to a customer and go, hey, we are ultimately responsible for your data inside Microsoft 365 because that is a terrifying thing to say. But there's a raft of things that you can do that will really add value to your proposition, bring in more revenue streams for you as, as an MSP and actually make life easier for the customer. Because Teams, as we said, it does so much more than voice, does so much more than file sharing. It's this entire collaboration platform. But what's happened over the last you know, 12 months, whilst we've all been working from home and three years, I suppose, really with Teams, is that as they've been using it for voice and video calling and now projects and now putting files in and saying, hey, how do we share these files internally? How do we share these files externally with a client? Can we set up a client project folder and share externally? Great, okay. So they've been working in this way to build up the ways that they use Teams. And that's then triggered people to say, well, hang on a second, how secure is all this stuff that we've been putting in Teams? How secure are these files and these folders that we're sharing with people? Now, for the people that are in the know, they understand how the security system works and it's all built on Office 365 groups. But when you're coming at it from the phone system side of things or you're just coming at it from the email side of things, you're not really aware of all the security capabilities in the middle. And we are having active conversations with customers on a daily basis that say, how do I lock down the data in Teams? How do I share it properly? How do I know who shared what with who? How do I bring, and, it, and we're still having BYOD conversations, but how do I make sure the data on these things, these personal devices, is safe? And there's a big gap right in the middle that talks about Intune, mobile app management, and conditional access policies that helps businesses secure their data across any device. Now, yeah. all of that might sound quite scary to someone who, who understands the phone system, but actually it's really not that difficult. There are... Um, great baseline policies and, and great resources out there that say, hey, here's what good looks like 
when it comes to Office 365 security. Here it is in black and white. Here are 50 or 60 security controls that you can turn on today that will make your Office 365 safer. Those aren't being done. In fact, the basics aren't being done because we know, you know, we, we see the research that says 81% of cyber attacks and, and data breaches are caused by dodgy passwords, you know, password with a capital P, oof, that'll keep the hackers out, um, and not having multi-factor authentication. In fact, I don't care if your password is password with a P, capital P, as long as you've got multi-factor yeah. authentication. I'm being a bit glib, but those basics are still not being done. So we're bumping into customers repeatedly who've been migrated to Office 365 and they haven't had the basic security turned on. And so what I would say for MSPs and, and for the partners here is get yourself a security baseline. OK, get yourself the best practice security baseline. If you want, you can go on the UK government's National Cybersecurity Centre website and download. Here are all the things that you need to do to make Office 365 safe. It has one for Windows 10 as well. Get wow. yourself a baseline. Now you can go to every one of your customers who's got Office 365 and run a security check for them. Hey, would you like us to do a security assessment for you? Great. Because when you do a security assessment, you're going to come out with a load of red lights and green lights. Now you can go back to the client and say, actually, here's, here's all the gaps that we've found. Let's put these right for you. So here's a small series of tiny projects, two or three days each, that are going to get you to a much better Office 365 secure environment. And we can do those for you. So you've, you've, you've added some value by saying, let's do a security check. You've shown them a gap. You've given them a roadmap. And actually, that roadmap is bits of work that they're going to do with you to make it safer. So this this all terms, sounds good. In terms of skills, though, Scott, I mean, for, for partners, you know, is this, is this a zero level skills needed to just do this checklist? You know, do you really need some in-house skills to help you with this or not? Yeah, no. So I have to be fair. This isn't a, you know, absolute beginner level set of skills. Uh, so you, you do have to invest in some security training with the guys. You don't need an enormous team of people to do this, though. So what I would say is you're able to very quickly, you know, build out that security assessment. And as I say, resources are online, you know, both with UK government and with Microsoft themselves to say, here's what good looks like. So you're very quickly able to go, here's all the things I need to check. You'll want to have some people in the team who understand Intune and conditional access. Again, there's a huge amount of training available on Microsoft Learn, uh, as well as through, you know, some of the common training providers, you know, the plural sites of this world. It is not like trying to hire a CISO or a SIEM specialist. It is not that deep level of security technology. These are settings. Yes, you need to understand what they are and what they do and the impact they might have on a user. But again, there's still a huge amount of documentation that says, hey, if you set these things, this is the impact on the user. So you're very well equipped to have that conversation. So it's not super, super simple. It's also not rocket science. It's very, very attainable for most partners to take this on. And it needs, you know, one or two people who really know what they're doing to get up to speed on the training. And again, this is one of those things. It's not so much about, um, you know, capability. It's about attitude. Are the guys willing to learn, willing to put in the efforts, you know, to do a bit of learning, get up to speed? Have you got some friendly customers or some friendly tenants that you can start to have those initial conversations with say, hey, you know, we're trialing out our new security assessment. Can we do it with you? You've, everyone's got those friendly customers that we, we can be a bit more open with and say, you know, we're starting on this. 
we'll do it for free, we'll do it at a discounted rate, you know, but we're going to start here. But it's, when I look at it, you know, there's, there's a bit of professional services here to do the assessment, there's the get well plan and the roadmap, there's the whole relationship that you are owning with that client now to say, we're taking care of you, we're thinking about you when it comes to security, because most of our business data now, and, and I'm excluding your ERPs and things like that, but most of our business data will sit in spreadsheets and in emails and they're sat in SharePoint and OneDrive, you know, they're all there. And if, from what we've seen over the last 12 months, if that's anything to go by, there's a huge chasm of security that needs mopping up. And I would think every one of these partners has got customers they can go and talk to about this. Yeah. Well, let's talk about those customers. You know, how far up the agenda is the, the security question, if you like, around Teams? How far up the agenda is that for for end customers at the moment? Are they are they worried about? Are they driving this, or is this really a, a partner driven sort of thing? No, it's a customer driven thing, and 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 that's what we're seeing. It's the customers that are coming along and saying this is what's concerning me. We're putting all this data in Teams, as an example. Is it safe? We're going to go for just basic things. We're going to go for our Cyber Essentials or our Cyber Essentials Plus. Do you think we'll pass? You know, what what have we got? Um, We're taking on, and, and this is the great new world that we're in now, we're taking on new resources in the Ukraine and over in India. I can't ship laptops over to them, so they're going to use their own laptops. How can we secure that data on those devices? What, what about when they finish the contract? How do we make sure we've removed the business data afterwards? Cool. There's answers for all those things inside Microsoft 365. And it's just knowing and using those tools and getting familiar with them. And you'll then have much more confident conversations with those clients. There's, there's an answer for all of those things. But I just think people are sit, sticking to what they know. And I think... You know, when when you look at a world where Microsoft with Operator Connect are now putting those lines and minutes services in, where we've got, you know, people bringing their contact center into the cloud and now it will natively integrate with Teams. Okay, I'm feeling weaker and weaker. I need to have a strong value conversation. And that is one where you talk about Teams, yes, as an enterprise voice, but also as a collaboration tool. And I understand security and I can wrap not just professional services, but ongoing security assessments, ongoing management of those, you know, ads, moves and changes, we can add that in and it's it's more valuable in that recurring managed service stream. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what, what a fantastic opportunity that is really not that far out of their reach for most partners, which is which is great. Okay, well, look, we, we, we've spoken about Operator Connect, you know, last last week, we did hear a lot of announcements and um, probably too many to, to touch on here but you know what what were your what were some of your favorites uh from from ignite well do you know the ones that are, are really standing out are the simple quality of life ones especially when it comes to teams um, if you look through some of the announcements that came out there were things like the new presenter mode for powerpoint uh because most people <laughs> most people when they do their powerpoint presentations they just go oh, i'm just going to share my desktop and I'm going to put PowerPoint in presenter mode. And so everybody on the call gets like the full screen PowerPoint, including the person that's presenting. So yeah. now they've lost, like they've lost the video of everyone. So they can't see any reactions. They've lost their notes. So they can't read what they were going to say. Um, so the new PowerPoint presenter mode, so PowerPoint Live, is this fantastic new experience where the presenter gets to see, here's my slide. Here's all the slides that are coming. Here's my notes. And here's the video of everyone else in the call. So I can actually see what's happening and whether people are really responding to what I'm telling them. Um, 
in addition to that, we've now got if you've been on the uh, the LinkedIn live streams, you'll have seen this where you can hit the little applause and the thumbs up and the hearts whilst people are on the live and it streams up the screen. We've now got that in Teams as well. So actually, as you're having a presentation, you can get that kind of interaction and feedback. Um, we, I, already, I, like I love it. I love the uh, the instant feedback. It's great. It's really nice. And do you know, what? I find it really reassuring because when we do live streams on a, a Friday, we get those thumbs up. You like, yes, yes. What we're saying is resonating with people. Um, oh. So I really like that. That's a really great feature. Um, they've brought out some uh, more changes to the approvals app. Um, so approvals was a really lightweight system inside Teams where you can just do things like, I don't know, swapping shifts over time, um, you know, approving a global admin for an Office 365 client. And you could just track it through and say, yes, I've requested this. Here's the approval process. Now, we did a look at that last month and we said, you know, there's a couple of gaps like you can't have any templates. Um, so if, if you know, there's a certain type of approval, you would expect at least this much information and this particular document. You couldn't do any of that. Yeah. Last week's announcements, cool, templates are all there. So you can now set your templates, set your minimum questions, bring those in. Um, and I think the big one, sorry, I'll just do one more, but the big one for me was webinars. So okay. again, Last month, we saw this new Teams Pro license note get leaked. Uh, I say leaked, sorry, it was it was announced. It wasn't leaked, it was announced. Um, and it came through one of the usual Microsoft announcements. Here's, here's Teams Pro, it's got some webinar features. And we were all like, is that chargeable? Is that is that a different license? Um, and now we've got the full story. So that that webinar capability is now baked into Teams. So when you're starting a new Teams meeting, you can choose new meeting, new live event or new webinar. And when you hit webinar, it's starting to fill in all those gaps that we had, which is you can now start to ask people questions to get them to sign up. You can customize those questions. And when they attend your Teams webinar, you'll get a list of who attended, who didn't attend. Yeah. So it's all those things that we've seen from, you know, from all the other popular, uh, popular webinar providers, where you get to set up the webinar, ask the questions, gather feedback, get the attendee information. We didn't have that with Teams. We were still using it for webinars, but we were just sending them a meeting link and going, well, who turned up? Someone's got to sit there and write down all the participants. Not anymore. <laughs> now we've got the webinar capability. And the great news is that Teams Pro functionality, it's included. It's already included in that Teams license that we've got. Excellent. Well, look, um, Scott, I think that's probably all we've got time for today. But uh, thank you so much for joining me. No worries. No, this has been great. And as you can tell, I get really enthusiastic about this stuff. I love chatting about Teams and, and the M365 stuff. So no, it's been great. Thanks for chatting with me. That's absolutely fantastic. Well, look, and uh, thank you for watching. You've been watching UC Today with me, David Dungay. Um, if you like today's conversation, please give us a like and a share on social. It's much, uh, it's greatly appreciated. Um, that's all for me. See you next time. Mm -hmm.